Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're so glad that you're here with us today, those of you who are with us uh, in person and those of you who are with us online. If you have a Bible, you might be turning to John, the third chapter, John, the third chapter, and we'll be continuing our study in the Gospel of John uh, this week. You know, we talk sometimes about what is church and how church is more than what we do just here on Sunday morning. This is important what we do to gather together, to, to worship. It's what God wants us to do. But, but church is also what we do after we leave this building. And we saw that this week. We had a wonderful trunk or treat, had lots of volunteers. Thank you for all those who came out. And our parking lot was full I think we had one of the biggest turnouts that, that we've ever had. And then we turned right around on Monday morning and showed up at Amen, and we fed just a lot of people on Monday morning. And so we are reaching our community and appreciate all of you who are involved in those works and who are being the church to the people here in LaGrange. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You know, if you've ever seen Abbott and Costello's comedy routine entitled, Who's on First? Then you have some sense of what's going on here in John chapter 3. Uh, You'll remember that in this routine, two men go back and forth about the players on a baseball team. And who is on first, what is on second, and I don't know is on third. And and as one man is is telling the other who the players are, the the other man thinks that he's being asked these questions, and they're, they're confused about what the other is talking about, even though they're using the same words. Words have meaning, but sometimes one word has more than one meaning, and this happens all the time. I might say, you know what, it's it's cool in here, and I could mean that the temperature is low and I'm feeling a little bit chilled, or I could mean that this is a really neat space and I, I really like it in here. And we have all kinds of words that sort of work this way. And all of us have probably been in conversations where the the meaning of a word has been misunderstood, where you used it in one way, but the other person was thinking about the alternative definition. We, We get this. Well, in the first century, they also had words with more than one meaning. 
And we encounter two of them in this passage. The first one is born again, which can also mean born from above. The second is spirit, which can also mean wind. And most Bibles uh, have footnotes that notify you, hey, there's a double meaning here. And this is important because Jesus uses born again one way, and Nicodemus, he uses it another way. And, and we have to understand this in order to uh, get the meaning of this passage here. Our text today is about how we see and how we understand. In the opening of the Gospel of John, we find these words, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And when we read this, we might get the idea, well, well everything is just black and white. Everything is light and dark. You know, we find this in many of the, the movies that we watch, in those old westerns from the 30s and the 40s. The good guy always wore a white hat. And the bad guy, he always wore a black hat. The entire Star Wars saga is about the light side versus the dark side. And, and we're told at the very beginning of this gospel that there are two forces that are at work in this world. There is light and there is darkness. What we're not told is that these forces are not equal. God is all-powerful. Satan is not. We're also not told how people, how we as human beings, often have both of these forces at work within us. And so we wrestle with what to do. We wrestle with what choices that we are to make. And, and there's a tension sometimes within us. And we see this tension in John chapter 3, Nicodemus, who acknowledges the light, he comes to Jesus at night. Nicodemus, who confesses that Jesus is from God, but at the same time, he's not going to be seen with Jesus in public. And Nicodemus is wrestling. And when we look at this conversation, some may come away thinking that, you know what, Nicodemus, he just seems a little dense. But that's not at all how we should understand Nicodemus. Because here's a man who had devoted his entire life to studying Scripture. He had more Bible memorized than probably anyone here today. He could quote more Scripture than probably any of us. He was a Pharisee. He's a leader. He's part of the Sanhedrin. It would be sort of like, you know, Jesus having a conversation with a religious professor from, from Yale or Princeton. Nicodemus is a sharp guy. He knows his stuff. And when we look at this conversation, Nicodemus be, begins by acknowledging the works of Jesus. And what he says at the beginning is correct. But what's fascinating is Jesus doesn't talk about what Nicodemus says. He doesn't talk about the signs. He doesn't talk about uh, who he is. Instead, Jesus cuts to the chase. He gets right to the point. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see 
the kingdom of God. Now again, this phrase, born again, um, it, it's taken a life, on a life of its own um, after Jesus first uttered it you know, in the first century. Um, it, it, it has its own context in our culture today. It's sometimes associated with evangelical. Um, it sometimes has political connotations. Um, but, but Nicodemus, he's this man who's in a position of power. So Jesus doesn't seem to be saying that, that Nicodemus needs power, or he needs position. Nicodemus already has that. Born again often refers to someone who uh, was living sort of an immoral lifestyle. You know, sex and drugs and whatever. They, they, they were living immoral but somewhere along the way, they embraced Jesus, and they completely changed how they were living. Now, it's, it's good that someone would leave a life of sin, embrace Christian morality. But is this what Jesus is talking about here in John 3? Um, it doesn't seem so, because Nicodemus, he's already a devoutly religious man. And he's living a very moral life. And so it's unlikely that Jesus is telling him, you know what, you just need to live more morally. He, he's, he's already living very morally. What's he telling him then? Well, we need to put ourselves in Nicodemus's shoes to begin with. He's a scholar. He's a leader. Uh, he's also much older than Jesus. And he's devoted his life to following the word of God. And the first thing that Jesus tells him is, hey, Nicodemus, you need to start over. You need to be born again. And it's likely that Nicodemus was, was taken aback by this statement, this comment. Maybe even offended a little bit. Imagine if you were close to retirement age and someone came up to you and, and, and told you, you know what, you just need to start all over again. You haven't been doing it right this whole time. Imagine if you went to church for you know, 40, 50, 60 years and you're told one day that you're just doing it wrong. You, you missed it somewhere along the way and you need to begin again. How would you take that? How would you respond? Would you listen to this person? Would you consider what was being said or would you just you know, walk away from that conversation? Nicodemus obliges, but he misses what Jesus is saying here. He, he, he's thinking born again. He's thinking naturally. And so he says, you know, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And again, Nicodemus is a smart man. It's likely he's being somewhat facetious here. It's very unlikely for someone who is set in their ways to change those ways. And the older we get, the more resistant to change that we become. And, and, and Jesus here is talking about a new way of life. But Nicodemus, he's an old man. He probably doesn't want to change. And, and Jesus, he goes on to explain. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. As Nicodemus is recalling natural birth, Jesus points to a different meaning. Rather than being born again naturally, Jesus is speaking of being born from above, being born of spirit rather than being born of flesh. Jesus is talking about a new life source. He's talking about being connected to God, to thinking like God, to seeing like God, and to living like God. Well, how is this even possible? Well, it's possible because, as we've already learned in the Gospel of John, God has taken on flesh. It's possible by choosing to die to self and choosing to follow Jesus. And so what will Nicodemus choose? Will he choose to be born again, born from above, even though he's old? Or will he choose the life that he already has? Well, the the Bible never tells us. But this story really isn't about Nicodemus, is it? It's about us. It's about what we're going to choose. And we have to begin with how we see. Do we see like Nicodemus? Or do we see like Jesus? It's possible to know a lot about the Bible know a lot of scripture and still miss the point. Nicodemus was an intelligent man. He he knew scripture very well, but he misses the point. He's uh, very much concerned about morality and doing what God says, but he struggles to understand Jesus. And so getting it right is, is more than morality. Getting it right is more than knowing the Bible. Getting it right must include this desire to seek God more than anything else. And it goes back to this very first question that Jesus asked in the Gospel of John. What are you seeking? So if we're seeking power, then we're going to see things in a certain way. If we're seeking morality then we're going to see things in a certain way. If we're seeking to look good in front of others, then we're going to see things in a certain way. If we want to see correctly, then what we have to do is begin with loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's not about being a moral person, even though that's, that's good. It's good to be a moral person. It's not about gaining power, even if we're going to use that power to enact God's will. It's not about looking good in front of others or keeping up appearances. It's about being born from above. It's about seeking God above all else. It's about being transformed into the image of Christ. And so we have to be careful how we order our lives. Morality devoid of devotion can lead to some awful things. 
It can lead to men picking up stones in order to kill a woman who's cu- uh, who is accused of adultery. Power corrupts. The religious leaders who are committed to following the law of God, they're the ones who have Jesus killed because their power is being threatened. Keeping up appearances is hypocrisy. Pointing out the, the, the speck and someone else's eye when we have a log in our own. It just does no good. Instead, being born from above means having our hearts transformed. So what is it that we're giving ourselves over to? What are, what are we devoted to? Is it earthly, fleshly things or heavenly things? What are we seeking? What Jesus is saying here is not hard. It's not mysterious. It's really simple. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's simple. We know what this means. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desire. And so it's not a mystery. What does your life look like? Which list does it resemble? What is it that we are seeking? A person can be moral, but not born of the Spirit. A person can be right, but not godly. And so if we're using the works of the flesh to fight for what is right, then we're not following Jesus. To be born of the Spirit is to live differently than the world lives is to treat people differently and look at people differently and to choose a different path. Nicodemus was a good and moral man. But up to this point, he had not chosen Jesus. He had not abandoned his allegiances to follow Jesus. He had not left his lofty position to walk with the Son of God. And and it was a difficult choice. He's wrestling. He had lived a long time. He had friends and family who looked up to him. He enjoyed a certain lifestyle. He had ideas that he had devoted himself to over the years. That was a lot to give up. But again, the problem seems to be with his seeing. How did Nicodemus see 
It seems he was looking at what he was giving up instead of what he would be gaining. And it seems that he was thinking maybe more of himself instead of thinking about his children, his grandchildren, future generations who might follow in his footsteps. So how do we see what is important to us? What are we seeking? Is it from God? Is it from above? Do we see what Jesus is saying here? Do we understand these words? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, which helps us to see and which challenges us. And Father, like Nicodemus, we sometimes wrestle with what to do and what is right and what choices to make. May we always choose to walk in the footsteps of your Son. May we choose daily to follow Jesus, this magnificent teacher who is God in the flesh. May we choose the light. May we choose to be like him. Father, we're so thankful for your Spirit who lives in us. May we seek to keep in step with the Spirit. And may our lives produce the fruit of the Spirit so that people will see a difference in us and that we can be a light to those around us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive this blessing from the book of 1 Thessalonians. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and we can help you, if you're wrestling with things in your own life, if you need to commit your life to Jesus and decide to follow him, or if you need the prayers of this congregation, won't you come now as we stand?